there was no business hours drinking. Yeah. But like, oh, I mean, like, essentially we knocked off at three yeah, okay. rather than um, actually doing any meeting. Um, we're recording, by the way. Cool. Hello, Dave. How are you? Good. Uh, I've got something hazy in front of me. Uh, I do as well, but you can't tell. So if a beer is hazy in the can... True. Schrodinger's uh, juicy beer. Yeah. Is it hazy or not if you drink it out of the can? It's very hazy. I'll, I'll put a, sh- a photo up on Instagram so people can have a look. Uh, do we say what it is? Jedi Juice. Jedi we are at one of our... Becoming one of our favourite places... If not already, at Hop Nation. Someone said to me uh, the other day that I only seem to tweet from home or Hop Nation. It's yeah, probably cool. pretty yeah. accurate these days. Yeah. Uh, um, so this is the new New, new, new England IPA. The Gab's beer for those uh, playing yeah. at home. Yeah. Uh, very hazy. Smells like, uh, I said cat pee was yeah. my first, uh, I guess, comment. One thing, one thing, interestingly, I've been, we have passion fruit most mornings with breakfast. What do you have it with? Uh, Bit of yogurt, yogurt, muesli, yeah, nice. maybe a banana in there. Uh, and I've been I, I flaxseed. You put any flaxseed on there? No, but our muesli's all like, homemade, yeah, so we you know, load that with LSA and uh, all sorts of good stuff. But I um, I cut the passion fruit in half and get my snoot in there, and I realised that that cat pee descriptor around you know Savion Blanc and stuff. I can see there must be some compound that's yeah, similar. Yeah, right. And I had that same reaction to, to this. Um, just sort of touching on the article that you wrote about cans versus glasses, mm. um, that cat pee passion fruit aroma was there for the glass, but not at all with the can. So Yeah. And it's not a bad cat pee. It's cat pee no, it's, in the best like way. it's an understandable cat pee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tasty. Tasty beer. Yeah, very juicy. I also note place. down there there's a someone we don't recognise uh, I believe which is unusual for you. Yeah, they've got a new head brewer on board, uh, which is exciting for these guys to get a new head brewer and uh, you know they can employ more people. So they've got um, Al that looks after the bar and um, helps out in the brewery and now a head brewer as well. So uh, Fun times for Hop Nation. Yeah. So it's just us today. Our guest uh, pulled out. We won't name and shame them. Oh, maybe we will one day. We should write up a laundry list of all the people that have uh, pulled out on us and then one day we'll just go through an hour. People that subscribe to the Patreon uh, that have slugged us a buck, it out, they'll, yeah. they'll know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's what you miss out on if you're not subscribing. Exactly right. Sling us a buck. Get the newsletter. Already nine newsletters deep. Where's the time gone? So, uh, we got some news, yeah, hey? we got some news. A couple of first birthdays, or first venue birthdays, we'll say. Our good friends at uh, Stomping Grounds and Free Ravens are both turning one. Yeah, how exciting. Um, they are having parties to celebrate. Stomping ground next week. I don't know if it's a public party. I don't think that one is. Okay. It's not. But they're doing a lot of events anyway coming up. Sure. So, um, they're also supporting Movember uh, with a bit of an initiative as well. And I also they're releasing their own beer ice cream. Are they? Yeah, yeah I saw okay. that in a post today. They're also doing a um, collaboration beer with a guy from River Cottage. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw that posted a couple yeah. of days ago, actually. Yeah. They're just doing I'm, too many things. I imagine that'd be sort of like a foraged... Ale? Yeah, yeah, I think it was some sort of saison. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was going to go along to the brew day and I didn't have t- a chance. Uh, and then Three Ravens, the week that they're launching, they're doing a, a big, oh, sorry, they're celebrating, they're doing a big uh, celebration at their bar. I think they said 11 taps with three hand pumps. Something like that. Um, and on the 2nd of September, I want to uh, say. No, 9th of September. 9th. Got it. Uh, so it looks like they've got some fun beers lined up, a lot of barrel stuff and looks like a heaps couple of one-offs. They're also doing a dinner with St. Crispin as well. which They're doing a few fun. dinners, actually. Okay, They're cool. doing the uh, Wild Ravens tour. One of them, though, is that very exciting-looking um, St. Crispin dinner. Yeah, yeah. So uh, keep an eye on those guys for, for both the breweries. The menu looked amazing. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to go to St. Crispin. It's one of those one of those places that you just know is going to head out of the park. And yeah. They seem to do good beer, good wine, good spirits. So I might start saving up for it. Speaking of good spirits, this isn't on my news, but I, sh- I feel like I should mention it. Okay. I was just at the Everly. Uh, getting a, a taste of their vintage spirit menu. So, so what's the ethos behind that? So basically, they wanted to track down old spirits uh, and and present them. So spirits don't really age as badly as wine or beer, or sorry, as vol- volatile. They're not as volatile. So you could, you know, I, I so for example, I tasted a whiskey from the 30s. Wow. Uh, can't remember the name of the distillery. Black and white. I haven't heard of them. Apologies to whoever's out there tearing their hair out. Who knows who they are. Uh, and going, how come he gets to taste this? He can't even yeah, remember their true. name. Uh, it was delicious. 
but their one from the third one from the forties wasn't as good. So it was really interesting. Oh, okay, um, tasted some gin from the seventies and eighties, some rum from the sixties, uh, bourbon from Jim Beam from the forties. I think it was uh, really fascinating. And it's quite expensive to taste if you're, you're there for a tasting. Um, I was there for an article, but they do, they do half pours. So some of them you can get a half pour and it's like $13 or $14 for a, you know, a whiskey from the 60s or whatever. Yeah, that's probably not a bad way of going about it. Yeah. It tastes um, pretty interesting for a okay price. I think price. the most expensive for a full pour was $110. Wow, what's that? I um, can't remember if it was a scotch. From the forties, I think. How do you track down like old whiskey, like Just old auction spirits. sites, wow. and, um, private bio sites, and things like that? So they, they want to expand project, it. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, as I was saying to the the guy, like if I was at Bell's Hot Chicken, which is downstairs from Everly, you know, it's not a super expensive meal. Pop up to the Everly, get a couple of half pours of you know twenty dollar, thirty dollar half pours. That's a party. It's a decent night for something you wouldn't normally taste. Uh, yeah, really interesting. Um, there'll be an article coming up in broadsheet about it. So. Fine. Side note, um, we're a Hop Nation where they have about 11 beers on tap at the moment, I think. Plus, they also eight, have, or maybe eight then. Yeah. Plus, they are also pouring Jedi juice cans that's not on tap, only in cans. And I had a quick look around. Every single person that we can see is drinking Jedi juice cans. Yeah. So. Anyway, so, back to the news. Uh, Bridge Road. Did you see they released a wine? Yes, the Brett wine. Yeah, I haven't actually tasted it, but I've chatted to a couple of people that have and their comments are it could be a cider from um, yeah, like right. funky French cider. I think uh, James from Crafty Pine was saying that to me. Uh, I can really, sort of understand that. Yeah, really funky, really dry, really like insanely weird. Uh, I'm really keen to try it. It's in 330 mil bottles. Yeah, it's a good format for and it. And it's just called wine. Uh, for an ex-winemaker, he's kind of fucking with the idea of – yeah, I'd be curious to see when it hits wine press, you know, wine publications, how that goes down. yeah. Yeah, interesting. I'm sure it'll be with uh, a what little would, bit of disdain. Cause what, what would be the equivalent of a winery released a beer to piss us off? Uh, probably like a, an IPA that they're boasting about the caramel malt flavours. and mm. So it wouldn't be, but like using Britannomyces in a wine is, you know, goes against everything. Absolutely. So. Uh Oh, I just got a pinged on a tweet from James from the Crafty Pint. Uh, he put the wrong link in his newsletter to my article about good beer hunting. Oh, right. About gabs and good beer hunting. Uh, I'm assuming most people would have seen it. It was in our newsletter as well. Uh, it was yeah, such a, a good post. Yeah. yeah it was fun Strongly to do. recommend having a look at it. Everyone that listens, I assume, is aware of what gabs is or has been to a session or two. If, like, if you know what it is, have a read. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun to do. And. Yeah, I'm glad that article after three months is, is just that sort of there. first third of it, where it's a bit of like um, a look at the prep and the setup of it. It's just like a yeah. little side of it that we never see. So that was great. I really yeah, enjoyed cool. it. Thanks, Dave. No worries. Uh, Iron Jack, have you seen Iron Jack? I have. I haven't paid too much attention, but um, so it's kind of like Lion's take on Great Northern beer, which is that you know mid strength, sometimes full strength lager, clear bottle aimed at the. Uh, I don't know, the, the guys, the blokes just getting a stubby in the hot weather. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. I can't see Iron Jack lasting a year. Why? Well, Great Northern is trading off uh, being Great North. Yeah, right. And they also, they've done it like Corona. When you look at the ads, if you look at a Great Northern ad, print ad side by side of the Corona ad, same thing. You know, beer from up there, people fishing on a beach versus yeah. people surfing on, on a beach. Boat. Yeah, yeah, true. Whereas Iron Jack is so fakely ocker. Like in the in the copy for you know it's about the spirit of mateship, and you know they've got like the logo's a man and his dog, and it's just you know what though I feel like the target audience of that beer doesn't really give too much of a shit about the story. So if it's the right price point, I think it could go right. Yeah, but I think Great Northern. So it, there's maybe a self awareness, you know, like you see Great Northern on your shelf, self on the shelf, sorry, and. It, it has that connotation of fishing with the boys, but it's not overtly yeah, fair enough. rammed down the throat. Whereas I look at Iron Jack and I'm like, I feel like you've just made a product. Iron Jack. Yeah. It's probably hilarious. not going to try it. I did buy a, a Foster's this week, which I'm going to try. Probably put up a little review on the site. Yeah, we're talking about it. I don't even know if it was on or off mic last night, but um, 
it got me thinking when I saw you post a photo of it. I, I don't think I've ever tried it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever tried it. So I went into – so this was a freelance job where someone from the state said, oh, can you get a can of Foster's? And I went, I don't think so. I could – and I said to them, as to illustrate the point, I can get, you know, KBS, just the sought-after Imperial Stout from the US, or I can get Budweiser, Miller, Coors very easily. Can't get Foster's here. Uh, so I went into my local and could get Budweiser. I think it was on special – and I said, oh, you got any Fosters? And the guy's like, nah, <laughs> not anymore. And then I went to, there's a dodgy, um, there's a little dodgy, tiny, like, you don't know how they survive bottle shops. They are the places that have Fosters. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was, so it was $3 for the can. Seems over is okay. Was it nine litres? Nine litres? Yeah. No, it was oh, okay. a regular size. Okay. Uh, $18 for a six pack. It wasn't like reduced for a six pack. I feel like it's probably like, was made like it's not locally like it's it's seen in many oceans I reckon yeah yeah <laughs> for oh. it to be that eighteen bucks a six pack it's weird like you know we've talked about Bogues on the show before and that's eighteen dollars a six pack and even that's slightly on the high side for that versus premium say, lager yeah versus say a colonial where it's like twenty dollars a six pack for a, for a better product um, I'm just looking at the at Dan Murphy's, a uh, Foster's 375 mil can. Oh, I'm surprised they've got it. Yeah, um, 1550 a six pack or $37 a slab. So it's the slab price. That's yeah, that's the attractive. Yeah. Anyway, I'll have a taste. Uh, see how we go. Fun. Uh, the Adelaide. Uh, Imagine if it was amazing. Like it's a not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Like I imagine it. I'd be surprised if it wasn't fine. I would be surprised if it wasn't on par with, you know, Count and Draft. Or yeah, whatever. right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm curious. And I I kind of hate when people do the, like, tongue-in-cheek having a Foster's taking the piss out of it. Like, I'm genuinely curious. Well, who does to, that, though? Like, who's, uh, who's had one? I don't even know yeah, anyone yeah. who's had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see how it goes. Now, in Adelaide, they had the uh, Independent Brewers Association Conference. I think it was technically the CBA conference. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it, uh, about the, the kind of celebrations around it. And uh, Pia from uh, Girl Plus Beer put up a, a nice article about the wheat sheaf and the talk that Jade gave. Yeah. I won't go through the awards and everything. I think it's been been covered by this point. But, uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. So I just want to kind of give a shout out to, you know, the, the changeover for them has been difficult, I think. Um, yeah, it does sound like it's been from the craft almost needlessly difficult. Yeah, yeah, and I have heard some rumblings. There's an article about uh, in the Bruce in Australian Bruce News about Richard Watkins, Ben spoke, yeah, saying the quality might take a hit with the big brewers not involved anymore. The quality uh, of what? Like in terms of overall beer quality without their input into sort of the discussion. I have a read of that article. I'm not sure I completely agree, but uh, you know, he's he's definitely. He's a, a wise head. Yeah, yep. so, someone you want to listen to when he's speaking. Uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's kind of the start of a new chapter. And as I said, heard nothing but good things about what happened there. A couple of uh, brewery or a new a brewery that's up for sale, uh, West City, which is local to us. So they were a contract brewery. They kind of had a bit of a, a bit of a bump when Footscray made the AFL or, or won the grand final. Yep. And, for that brief period, everyone had Footscray. Yep. Uh, Ale on tap. I know that uh, it was a. It's been a been in the works for a while. The fact they were selling up, uh, they're selling a contract brand. I'd be surprised if anyone anyone buys it. But I, I guess from their point of view, it makes sense to at least have a go and yeah. see if anyone wants to to buy it. Because uh, what do they make? They make the Footscray Ale and the OT OT Stout as well. Odie I think. Stout, yeah, Sunshine Ale. I haven't tried any of them. Uh, have you? I've, yeah, tried a couple. They're good. They're all right. Um, yeah. OT Session Stout's really good. Yeah. Okay. They. I think what happened was they were kind of in that mode between, and this is speculation on my thing, you know, being a contract brand. Doesn't sound like this podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> Versus being a full-time, you know, full-time gig. Yeah, uh, right. Maybe you want to get them on, one of them on the show and get that. That might be know, interesting. There are a lot of brands that are similar to that that pop up every now and then. You're like, oh, shit, they, they still exist. Dave's just, I'm just rubbing a barrel. Rubbing a barrel. That's literal, by the way. Yeah. Also, uh, there's just news that Bullant Brewery, is up for sale. Oh, you're joking. Uh, they're one that, again, they've been around for a while. I think they've got a small brew house, but I don't know much about them. I remember like seven years ago walking into Purvis Beer 
and seeing them and going, I've never heard of Bullant, and they've got like eight different beers yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? I think I tried a couple and I was a bit like, eh. Yeah. But again, seven years ago, I didn't know much about anything. Yeah. So. so, yeah, that's off sale as well. And that comes on the back of, you know, rocks, obviously. Where are they again? Uh, regional Victoria somewhere. Oh, right. Not sure exactly where. Yeah, I mean, there's a few brands like that that just kind of are there and they might have a small brew pub or whatever, but you just kind of forget that they're there. Yeah, and there's sure. so much happening these days that it's it's pretty hard to keep track, I think. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, it's, it's never good seeing people uh, having to sell up or, or not, do, you know, succeeding in business. I'm sure everyone has hopes and dreams. Uh, so hopefully everyone involved manages to, to find something new. Are we yeah. done with news? No, i got one, yeah, more. one more bit. All right. Oh, Sydney Beer Week's coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I had a look at the program and look, uh, there's a lot of good events, don't get me wrong, and I'd love to hear from someone in Sydney that can give us the lowdown. Uh, but if you're a brewery or you work for a brewery and you're putting an event, put some information in. Please. What do you mean? Like, what, like, what sort of stuff did you say? explain what the event is. Like, one line saying, we're going to taste some IPAs, $35. What is that? And that is all just too much rambling, you know, like... Is it four IPAs? Is it seven IPAs? Yeah, is it 11? Making it flowery rambling, where it's, you know, just kind of going on pointlessly and putting in, say, jokes and metaphors and, like... So looking from out of the Sydney scene where it's hard to do, well, we don't know what's going on yep. there and going, what looks good? I don't know. I it's don't know, to know what venues. to expect. Yeah, right. I don't know what, yeah, so if you've got a good venue and you've got a good beer, say, say exactly what you're doing because as someone that's, you know, should be across these things, it's hard to get a gauge on what's actually happening. Um, pay someone 50 bucks to write it for you. You know, there are writers, uh, it doesn't have to be me, would be nice, but... You know, there's writers Self promotion, from the, yeah. okay. Yeah. There's, but there's writers from the Crafty Pint, there's writers from Broadsheet, there's writers from Time Out. You know, there's so many writers that can do you tight copy in a hundred words and get your message across and it might cost you a slab of beer. Some of them might not even want But money, it might but. sell you some tickets, which will make it yeah, back yeah. immediately. Uh, so if you if you're doing an event, keep that in mind. That's all I want to say. Fair but enough. also Sydney Beer Week. So that's gone through change as well. That was sold to Dave's brewery tours, Dave's beer tours. Right. Uh, so it's kind of new management. Uh, they got some big, big sponsorship on board. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Awesome. When is it? Do you know? No, I didn't write Not that down. Sure. Okay. I just wrote Fair down enough. my whingingness. I didn't actually write down the actual the, the facts. That's classic. You know what podcast. you could do? You could probably slip fifty bucks to someone who gets some tight copy for you and really get all the details you want to get across. Uh, you know what I mean? If it's not your forte, plenty of you guys like write for Broadsheet or Crafty Point or uh, I don't know, just people, people out there. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Okay. <laughs> well, should we come back and uh, have a bit of more discussion? Sure. I was going to tease what it is, but I, I, I guess we'll come back and do it. We'll come back and you'll find out. Welcome back. We have just poured ourselves another drink, which we should mention now. Sure. Uh, it's we got a, I got a, got sent some freebies from Aldi. Off the back of the news, I assume, right? I have no idea. Okay. They just contacted me and said, hey, we want to send you some of our liquor. And I was like, okay, cool. Wait, do you mean liquor or beer? And it turns out they meant liquor. So they sent me uh, five bottles of booze, all award-winning, all, all had won medals, and they did a lot of... Uh, a lot, of, a lot of press around it. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, Aldi, Aldi gin beats out whatever. or Aldi whiskey gets second place in World There was a whiskey. lot of shit articles like, are you a booze lover? Well, you might be surprised yeah, if this yeah. Aldi thing just won Which the is top whatever. excellent yeah. marketing. It, it's, it's, it's it most, is great marketing. Yeah. yeah, and as most people know, medals don't mean that much in terms of it just means you've made a quality product. So that's unfair. Medals mean a lot. You've made a great product consistently. And you've managed to not, you know, make something that's not flawed to a to a style. Yeah, it depends what the medals are yeah. as well. Anyway, let's get let's get into that a little bit later on. Okay, it kind of ties into what we're discussing in a way. We'll get there. Yeah, okay. Come along for the ride. So it's only recently that it dawned on me what a hot liquor tank was. Yeah, a big kettle essentially. Yeah. yeah. Have, what's your take on that? Have you always known what a hot liquor tank is? Yeah, well, yeah, from early from early on, yeah, uh, I knew what it was, and yeah, like. 
I think I shared for a long time something you just sort of dawned on. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it was, I guess if I had have really thought about it, I would have known. But it's kind of, I've been writing some articles, you know, about make sure your hot liquor tank's bigger and, and whatever. I was making my coffee the other day. I was making one for Emma, one for me. And I was going to stew some apples. And I was like, oh, I'll bo- boil a whole lot of water. So I've got this hot store of water. I'm like, like a hot liquor tank. Oh, right. It's not really that interesting. Yeah. Not at all, yeah. Every brewery you go to. It's like, a, it's like your um, your home hot water service. Like yeah. hot water, it's a big tank full of hot water. Yeah. yeah. And every brewery you go to, if you do a brewery tour, they always point it out. They're super keen to tell you what the hot liquor tank there's is. There's a hot yeah. liquor tank, there's a cold liquor tank. Are you telling me that you can adjust the temperature of the water based <laughs> on mixing these two waters? Yeah. Um, that's boring. Right. And I think that sort of feeds into a discussion we've had many times. Not sure if it had a mic or not, but unless you've got something really interesting in your brew house, if you've been on one brewery tour, you've been on all the brewery shows. Mm. And that's not to say I don't think breweries are not interesting. But I guess the way they're presented normally is that hot liquor tank, cold liquor tank, mash tun. Like I feel that, like there's that, like um, it's a parabolic level of interest. Yeah. I feel like anyone who's never seen a brewery is taking it all in, mm. not really knowing what's happening. Then it fades away almost immediately into no interest. Yeah. And then if you're a brewer that knows the equipment and is super interested in your own equipment, then all of a sudden you're back up into, you want to know what their hot liquor tank does yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff like that. But the, the, the great masses are in that really low area, I think. Of yeah. So what about uh, when you go to a tasting and you say, or you hear that the first thing that out of the, the host's mouth is there's two sorts of beers, ales and lagers. And when you think about it, that's A, not really accurate at all. And also the most boring thing you could tell anyone. Yeah, true. Like, because what, what's the difference between ales and lagers? Yeast. Yeah. And what's the difference? Like, ales. It's a weird, like, delineation of, of beer. Like, yeah. that's not where two groups of beer is. <laughs> it's also not, like, as a customer, if I was just purely a customer, I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, what you're telling me is one ferments at the top and one ferments at the bottom. Like that's sciencey and kind of boring. And I guess what I guess what I'm getting at is things like hot liquor tanks and yeast or ales and lagers. When we're looking at beer education, that's what we're told is, you know, that's the first step for a lot of these things. Do we need to be doing the way we explain beer to other people differently? I feel like if we're in charge, we're not ca- capturing the biggest group of people. Yeah. So I, I get the fact that this stuff has to be basic, but there's got to be something done about it though because a little yeah, bit of like, a revamp is needed. Because it's almost like there's this kind of almost a script across tastings and brewery tours where, okay, we need to tell them these basics because that's every brewery, brewery tour or every tasting I've gone to, they do that. So that's how we're going to do it. And if I wasn't into beer and I was trying to like, you know, okay, I'll come on for this tasting and someone someone led in with ales and lagers, like how am I, how, what am I supposed to be excited by there? Because also, like if you're going to try and apply that knowledge on a lot of brewery tours, you might taste, part of like a brewery tour tasting might be a pale lager and a golden ale. And the difference in the taste between those two beers isn't, the difference between ale and lager? There are a lot of breweries that use ale, yeast and lager yeast interchangeably. Uh, and also like, and I think it's one of the, the industry secrets where it matters so little if you're making particular styles of beer, say an IPA or a, a you know, Kolsch or whatever, or a golden ale. The yeast is interchangeable in terms of the end result. What you fermented at or what it's fermented at is it's the interesting thing, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it tastes good. And I find myself like almost zoning out during like, <laughs> we go on a lot of brewery tours. Yeah. If we do shows with people, inevitably they want to show us around. Yeah. And I'm almost zoning out when they're going through the hardware. Yeah. 
Because I yeah. don't care. I, I, know, I, I get it. It's interesting because they spend a shitload of money on it. And, and I get that they love it. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm more, I'm more interested in knowing what their capacity is, if they have a barrel program, if there's anything like unique, like those yeah. open air vessels that Jeremy's got down at White Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. That's different. And I haven't seen it before. Cool. Um, or something like going to see uh, that odd setup that they've got a Moondog now. Yeah, like, yeah. That's different as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind seeing that. I remember when we were in Belgium. Of all places, the, the land of odd setups. And we were doing a lot of brewery tours. And yeah, by the end of it, we just like, just take us to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's, I'd, all, I'd rather sit down and hear a story about the brewery than look at the brewery and, 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 and tell me the story of the beer. And I think that's what coming into Ales and Lagers, like, that doesn't tell the story of any beer. Unless you're going to talk about caves and if your beer was fermented in a cave like yeah. a traditional lager, what are you telling me? Fair point. Like, um, not long ago when I went up to Hall's Gap, I went past um, Seppelt Wines and we went in there to buy a couple of bottles on the way and um, they said, we're just about to start a tour. Would you like to join along? And in my mind, I was going, no thanks. <laughs> uh, doesn't sound interesting to me. Uh, and then they're like, oh, it ends, actually ends in a champagne tasting. So, I mean, it's probably worth it just to taste some different vintages of um, of the sparkling wine that we made. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, sure. I know actually. nothing about champagne. Yeah, so, so I was like, fun. actually, all right, sure, let's do it. And then we went, all right, the first part of the tour is we're going to go and do a tour of the drives. So you know what the drives are? I have no idea. That's the, uh, the tunnels where they age all the wine. So okay. all the massive grid that, that was uh, built in sections – Ages ago, I've, I've got a lot of facts. So ages ago yeah, is when yeah. they, they built it. <laughs> um, yeah, is the is all the drives, and it was fascinating. Yeah, so we're going underground in all the little cabins. Yeah, yeah. They don't call them tunnels. Apparently, tunneling is going down, and drives is going across. Okay. Apparently, I might have That's that wrong. Yeah, Some no, people that, that makes sense to yeah, my mind. Uh, it's a mo- gold mining. Yeah, yeah. Terminology. I've walked through a lot of uh, coal mining tunnels. Where they've tunneled through a, a, a mountain or yeah, a, right. a hill, but I've never heard them called drives. But maybe it's a different. Yeah, right. Um, but doing the, like I mean, we, we like endured the actual tour guide we had was great and made it all interesting. But um, the fact that there was like a probably forty minute and you're like crazy things like there's a little part of the drives where they have like gated section where current prominent figures have got their own personal stashes. Oh yeah, of yeah. Stuff in there. Um, so the, the probably a forty minute tour of the drives ending in a vintage champagne tasting that was actually fun. a great yeah. it was a great experience. So um, I guess with something breweries, different is I guess with the breweries you can't offer that true. And so what do you offer them? And I and I guess it almost sounds like we're being critical of of the fact that breweries do this, and that's probably not what we're no no not at all because I think you know I've hosted tastings before, and I'm probably guilty of saying no, well, I don't think I am, but. I've been to great tastings where, you know, as an industry as a whole, inclusive of us, we probably communicate badly. Whereas, but it's hard to do, right? Like, yeah, yeah, of course. How, um, do you, how do you present a brewery? Because it's essentially the same thing across the board. But also, just on the on the um, the point of doing something a bit different, I loved when we were at La Serene, and we've seen barrels before, we've seen things before. But how cool was that little like sleep room where they just aged the bottles just for yeah, a few yeah, months? Definitely. Never seen it before. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, yeah, I want something different. Something a little bit different, yeah. I, I'd be curious to know what people, if people were going to talk critically that weren't familiar with brewery tours, if they went on one that was, you know, the standard one that we all know, what are they thinking about, you know, is that going to turn them on to loving beer? Yeah, right. Like how are they going to get interested in beer and is the tour going to do it? I, I don't. I see it as something that people think is interesting. And I, you know, if you're in a town, there's a brewery, I'll go check it out. Of course. But when I think about it, I don't actually want to look at their match But also, time. I also, yeah, definitely. And also, I remember probably being on a brewery tour before and you want to get a beer, hearing the ale and lager, yeah. and then like understanding the difference in, like when they told you that it's top fermenting, water fermenting, yeah. got it. Yeah. Don't know how that translates into anything. Even if you're the brewer, you don't need to care what's top or bottom. Because 
You need to know the temperature. Yeah. I can't remember. I think ale was – no, I can't remember. Ale was top? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter though, does it? Like, I don't think it translates into anything applicable on the tour. What do you want out of a beer tour? If you're going on a beer tour, what do I want out of a beer yeah. tour personally? Yeah, like if I don't if want to go on a beer we, tour. Okay, I want like, but I want something different. Like personally, I want something different now. Um, I would you if there's this, if I'm at a bar and then I see a sign going 6 p.m. every night. There's a brewery brewery tour. I'm not going on it. Yeah, but like because I know who that's for and it's people that haven't been on them before. Yeah, uh, so I don't want to see the whole liquor tank and the mash tun. Do you think it's almost someone like? You see that and it's like, oh, something to do. There's something interesting. Whereas if it was 6 p.m., we're going to taste our range. Oh. Or we're going to taste something unlimited, like unique. Would people do the same thing? Not sure, actually. But if I'm at a place that does tours and I'm with friends that aren't beard people, yeah. I'll go, hey, in five minutes, do the tour. Yeah. I don't want to go myself. Get out of my but hair. But I'll, I'll want them to <laughs> like see how it's going and how stuff happens. But like personally, like... I've seen a few tours now. I need something a bit different. Yeah. I, would I don't much, know the answer. I would much rather just taste beer. Definitely. And I'd, I would much rather... Okay, here's something interesting. We recorded last night, which will be released in a month Ooh. or so, at Starwood. And it's a pretty standard tour. There's some interest there in terms of knowing the difference between whiskey yep, and beer. Definitely. But the interesting parts for me were tasting the... They're essentially making beer before it becomes whiskey. Yeah, yeah. In a roundabout way. The most interesting part for me was tasting that. Yeah, part. I totally agree. Tasted like a potentially delicious Belgian golden ale. Yeah. Yeah. And having... For me, I probably learned more about their process from that taste than them telling me whatever. They did point out their hot liquor tank. Yep. Cool. degrees all day. Yep. Uh, sounds like we're shitting on them. They were, lo- they were lovely. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're going to enjoy the chat. They're really yeah, like, yeah. like, there's no more knowledgeable people about it yeah. than that. It was great. But yeah, I would almost rather taste, and I'd still rather, almost rather taste uh, the beer before it gets boiled. I'd rather taste beer throughout the process. Yeah. I would learn more. And that's one thing that every time I come here, if Dunk's here, he's always excited to. Uh, Share can, something like yeah, whatever me, the stage of whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like yeah. this is in diacetyl rest at the moment or this is – we've just done the first hop. It's still fermenting but have a taste. And that's far more interesting and I think I learn more about tasting beer, you know, off flavours, what the, the process is and tasting work before it gets fermented out, You that tells you a lot Undoubtedly. about the process. Yeah, because I think that sort of tells you if you taste un, like uh, unfermented wort – you can sort of then much more easily pick up what under attenuation f- tastes like. Um, yeah. If you t- taste it like in diacetyl rest and you know you taste tasting diacetyl, you go, oh, yeah, I know what gets thrown up from organic caramel flavors. This is a bit different. This is butterscotchy. Who, who were we talking to that they said we did a lot of try? Oh, sorry. Is that the Amphora dinner with Craft uh, & Co? I was trying their Amphora beers, you know, the beer fermented in the Amphora. And they said, oh, we, we did a lot of experiments and they not, not all of them turned out, so we, we binned them. I'm like, man, I want to taste That's all exactly those. exactly what you want to taste. Yeah. yeah, and so in the end we had one M4 beer, which was, you know, it was fun. But hey, Right now I'm in possession of a beer that was, I don't think it was recalled, but it was acknowledged to be ruined yeah. after it got packaged. Yeah. And... I knew I knew about it and I asked the bottle shop owner about it and I said, can I just take one? And he gave it to me and I'm just sitting on it. Yep. Just one day I'll want to have that curiosity about what yeah, this yeah. disastrous beer tastes like. It's the beer I'm thinking of, and we're not saying because it wasn't officially recalled, but is it the one I'm thinking of? I don't know. Okay. I don't um, think it is actually. Okay. Well, never mind then. All right. We'll talk later. What's, I guess one of the things that got me thinking about this was my brother is writing a book at the moment. So my brother's a pianist. Yeah. Uh, jazz and classical. And he's writing a book about music theory where if you go to learn piano, the first thing you'll learn in any piano lesson is the theory. You'll learn middle C, you'll go through all of that garbage. Not garbage, but you'll so go through all of that. Like, sort of stuff, yeah. you know, in, the, in terms of one day you'll be a classical musician. If you go to learn guitar... They'll teach you a song. They'll teach you Peter Gunn, yeah. Yeah. And Smoke on the water. Then if you want to learn a song, they'll teach you that song. 
that doesn't happen in piano. And he's sort of asking that question, why not? Why don't we teach? Yeah, if someone comes to me and wants to learn a song, I'll just teach them that song. They don't need to know anything else. Um, it's almost like you want to learn piano? Here's a mathematics tutorial. Yeah. Yeah. It's and very I think mathematical. It's the same with, you know, doing a, a beer tasting or a, a brewery tour. Oh, cool. You want to learn about a brewery? Here is the temperature of our water and here is a scientific top and bottom yeast. Um, as opposed to here's what you want to learn, which is how it tastes. Yeah, that sort of information is like. not retained. Yeah. So, this Audi, Audi whiskey, what do you think? Uh, I've only had a whiff and I feel like this is unfair given that we were drinking Star Audi whiskey last night. I feel like this is pretty one-dimensional. It's kind of gentle. It's actually really gentle. Okay. Um, but I'm not getting too much flavor profile out of it at all. I get a really oily, like fatty back palate. Almost unpleasantly oily at the end. So the gin that I had was delicious. Really good. Like we've almost finished our gin. Do you think, and I guess... How do you know, drink it? Uh, I've drunk it neat, but a little bit of tonic. Oh, here's a pro tip. Go to Kmart. They've got $4 four packs of um, ice sphere. Oh, yeah. Sphere th- moulds. Bloody four bucks. Got those little ice spheres in the fridge. Aldi gin, Schwitz tonic. I like the spheres, but I also really like those uh, cubes that they use at Starwood. I oh, want to get those. Aldi also have those big cube yeah, okay. moulds for like a dollar each. I want them. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Aldi? Kmart do. Kmart, yeah. Are you, are you, are you a Kmart way. fan? It's like what I am with a lot of things like particularly addictive computer games. Yeah. It's like I don't, I'm not, and I don't want to be because yeah. I'll be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. Be in I'm in. Yeah. I almost applied for a job there. Yeah. Just so I'm like, I'm fucking in. I, I love this place. I mean, it was a job relevant to my skills, but still, I love it. Yeah. But you can go there and go, I think I want that, and I want that, and I want that. I yes. I think I want all this stuff. Yeah. Yes. So the difference between, say, an Audi product and, uh, you know, a whiskey made well or a beer, you know, they make beer weighed well. It's not the brew kit. It's not the hot liquor tank. They're probably the same. It's not the ale or the lager yeast. That's yeah. probably the same. You're not sure if it's top fermented or bottom fermented. Yeah. But it's, to me, I think it's, you know, it's the provenance or the story behind it. And I think I was sitting there when they sent me all this booze and it was all on my table. I'm like, oh, great, all this booze. And I was looking at it and there was, the labels were just kind of a bit, eh. The story was non. There's no story behind it. It's like I'm so unenthused about drinking any of this, even though these these guys have won medals for this whiskey. I'd heard really good things about it. I should be excited by drinking it, but it's just like I don't want to drink it, even though if you were to go on an Audi whiskey tour wherever it's made, it would be the same tour. So I guess what I'm getting at is, would that be the same? It'd be the same tour. Sorry, would it be like what's the difference? If you're doing a brewery tour or tasting, yep. how are you expressing the differences there? Uh, and I think that comes down to the story, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the, and the process and why you make it a certain way. You, we, you either want to care about the story or you want it to be your guys, your local people. And the sort of the Audi market doesn't capture any of that. No. And like I would, I would recommend to people they go buy the gin if they want a cheap gin. If they want a good gin and they want to feel good about drinking gin, there are many great local examples for, you know, twice the price, but 60 bucks for that. And I think, yeah, that if we reduce, or, or the way that a lot of beer tours and stuff are reduced to the science or the hot liquor tank, it's pointless. Yeah, it's a bit like, it's just unrelatable information. Yeah. Or really short-term relatable information. Like while a brewer is gesticulating and pointing at the vessels and motioning where it goes from whatever, maybe you might have a brief understanding that it enlightens you in that moment. But you yeah. don't, like once you see the next thing, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I feel foolish now for not realizing what a hot liquor tank was properly. I guess it's probably one of those things you ne- I've never thought, of, never thought about it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Yeah, they're called a big hot boiler. liquor tank. That's yeah. a terrible name. Yeah. But they also, like, I, was, I almost thought of an alternative kettle, 
but they use kettle. They use a kettle for something yeah, else. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So I guess what we're saying, or what what we've come to the conclusion, tasting the process would be more interesting. Yeah, I think so. It's probably hard to do for a brewery though, as well, in terms of if you're not boiling at the time, you can't taste something. Yeah. Also, like um, a tour of the a tour of the facility only costs you the time for one person to walk around for 15 minutes whereas if you're tasting the range that probably costs you but don't don't most tours come with a tasting of the range anyway i don't know do oh, okay unless, there's, unless they're so, paid for so the, I, don't, the, I don't reckon they do so the hour-long tour on oh, hour-long tour might but like so, I mean, a 30-minute tour versus i guess the cost benefit for, for small tastings of everything what i wonder what the cost benefit yeah. would be that that'd be interesting and I, I'd love to hear from people their thoughts on brewery tours. Like, I know people that love doing them. They're probably home brewers and stuff. But if you're not a home brewer or you don't care about equipment, do you like a brewery tour? That'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Uh, like, are we just jaded? We can, we could could possibly be. But you know what I have noticed? Um, I've seen more engagement with things like a brewery where they'll have some big panels set up. That's got like a pictorial about how beer is made that yeah, goes yeah. through. I think I've seen people more standing and looking at that yeah, yeah. because they're the people that want to sort of like know the process yeah. rather than just being traipsed through the facility. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Appar- I'd like to get more information on it. Apparently here at Hop Nation on Sundays they do a, a little Browmeister. I think it's a Browmeister they use. It's just Al and, and another guy behind the bar. And it's quiet on a Sunday, so they'll get a little brew going on. Yeah, that's, that's genuinely fun. interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would like to, you know, sit around and watch that happening. If you could do that on a weekend, on a little kit, a home brew, and I almost feel like that's because I've chatted to staff at breweries and they've never really seen the process or they don't understand the process. But also, I think that process, like if you go for a beer on a Sunday and it's sunny. And you're having a great beer, and it's a great experience with your friends. And someone's on a little kit brewing a beer. I think that's gonna light a fire of home brewing yeah, a yeah. beer. If you see, like, if you're if if one of the barriers of home brewing is like, I don't know what I'm doing. It seems too involved. Yeah. And you see someone just like bashing out a brew. I reckon you go. I can probably do that. Yeah, yeah. Also, the um, it's like a barbecue. You turn on a barbecue, and I guess. This is a little bit stereotypical, but it's true. Blokes will stand around and just look at the barbecue. Absolutely. Turn on a little homebrew. They all have their own theories about what yep. works and what doesn't. Some of them, one of them's going to pour beer on it. Too right. Pointlessly pouring beer on it. That's my theory. Then there's going to be a conversation about do you prick the sausages or do you not prick the sausages? Well, you don't. So Absolutely yep. not. You've got to hold that juices in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Would that be a more interesting thing if you're doing a brewery tour once a week? For example, instead of doing that, start a little, start a little 50, 50 liter brew. Do it, and everyone can taste along the way. I feel like we've we've unpacked brewery tours and ales and lagers a little bit. Everyone was dying for this information, so you're welcome. I think this is good. Yeah, I, 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 this is going to be a blog post, but uh, maybe you can expand on it. Nah, I think I've said my piece. Okay, should we drink the bourbon in this section? So let's let's finish. Tip out the whiskey, put the bourbon in place of the whiskey. You got it. All right. Welcome back, Dave. To the uh, final segment of today's show. We've got some bourbon on our glass as well. We do. Have you had a taste? I have had a taste. I find it very much like the whiskey, but sweet. And I'm not really enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, it's got a terrible, terrible finish. And nasty. Oh. Like it's a long. It's so sweet. empty. It's empty sweetness. Yeah. It's like drinking. I mean, it's like maybe Jim Beam. Put it, Was put this it. one of the ones that um won? Yeah, all of, all of these won medals and some guys. So, what, did, do you remember what the um criteria? For, oh, was it various competitions? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember which, but. It tastes like your Jim Beam, to be honest. Is that like, what Jim Beam tastes like? Yeah. yeah okay. If you were to put Coke in there, it would be fine if you wanted a bourbon and Coke. So you reckon Al's tip is, is on? Yeah. And as a mixer, probably a bit of a winner. Yeah, yeah. If you, 
unless you want to do a nice, you know, Negroni or something. Not a Negroni, old fashioned or something. Emma is screwing up her face. She is not happy is with it? that. And like Emma likes bourbon. You like a good bourbon. Uh, a cast strength Eagle Rare is one of your favourite bourbons, and yeah, yeah, that's a, a very basic bourbon. Anyway, anyway, thanks, thanks, Aldi, for sending me this booze that yes. we're ragging on. I enjoy yeah. the gin. I don't that's think that was Now let's talk about recommendations. All right, we're what do you want to do first? Portion of the show already. Um, actually, this has probably been a long show, hey? No, about an about hour. right. Okay, what do you want to start with? You reckon? Let's do beer. All right. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, the Black Lime Goes from Wheaty Brewing Corp. Yeah, fun. Uh, yeah, those Patreon uh, subscribers will have uh, seen this recommendation in the last uh, newsletter. Yeah. But I went along to the Terminus last Saturday night, coincidentally on the same day as the Yeast Coast IPA launch, which mm-hmm. was the... Wheaty Modus Operandi Fixation Hazy IPA launch. Uh, and along with that, they had um, some of the beers from each of those collaborators. And all the Wheaty beers are really delicious, particularly the Black Lime Goes, which I don't think was on when we went to the Wheaty. No, I, I don't remember there, that. But yeah. it was um, really tasty, really good. It's just a fun, there was a bit of lime, a little bit of salt from the Goes, but just delicious. They do a really good versions of those styles yeah that, I agree you know, that, that uh, soured beer with some fruit in it so my recommendation I made a bit of a blog post about it the other day but I'm going to hammer it home uh, drinking out of a can for certain beers I'm loving it so Squish the fixation Squish I did a blog post about that uh, Urban Pale from Last Iren winner yeah um, Akasha Pale Ale that out of a can I, I had a customer the other day come in at Otter's Promise and I tried to convince them to drink Squish out of a can and they were reluctant and they didn't. Then he came back and he's like, and a couple of weeks later, he's like, should I try the Akasha? Should I try it out of the can? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And he went away, came back, he's like, way better out of a can. Just way better. That's great. Well, just for science, when we came in and had a Jedi juice can here, Hmm. I drank mine out of the can purely and like I didn't get the cat pee aroma. Like, I mean, I just, just lost that. So I... I think there's definitely merit there. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of mouthfeel, I think it works a lot better. So well, yeah. it sort of, um, it sort of uh, mimics the ribbed IPA glass yeah, yeah. action. So. But it, it kind of makes it more in a more extreme version of that. So, yeah, I, I think for a, anything up to a IPA, give it a shot. And I think pouring a beer some of it into a nice glass, smelling it, and then pouring it in and keeping it in the can. And just Probably get the whole experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone uh, said to me, uh, Hugh the Wine Guy, uh, his, his Twitter name, he suggested trying two different drinks. So you smell one and drink the other out of the vessel. Oh, I see. Um, he said it's a real mind trip. I haven't tried it yet, but I'd love to try it with, you know, like a... That is good, actually. Yeah. Like a whiskey and a beer or a wine and a beer to, to confuse your senses and see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. I like yeah. that. So give that a shot. Nice. Non-beer, what do you got? Non-beer, I'm going to go with, surprise, surprise, something on Netflix, um, a relatively new series, uh, Ozark. Have you oh, seen yeah. that? been advertised? Yeah. It's been all over the things. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's an odd series because I'm probably seven episodes into the ten episodes, about the same as Emma, it looks like. Yeah. And... I don't particularly like any of the characters. Yeah, I don't. Um, yep, Emma's nodding. They're not particularly <laughs> likable, um, but it's uh, it's interesting and intriguing enough storyline to keep me wanting to watch the next episode. Uh, the thing that the, the, the parallel that it reminded me of was essentially like the bare bones storyline is it's a financial planner who has laundered money for uh, organized crime to make some more cash. It's very reminiscent of the start of Breaking Bad. But in Breaking Bad, he can't pay his medical bills, knows he's going to die, and wants to keep his family with some cash. There's a very likable quality about that. And this is just a pure cash grab. Uh, But it's, it's... Really, it's really well written. It's really well performed. Jason Bateman's really good. Just sort of like break away from his normal goofball. Famous for Teen Wolf Two. Teen Wolf Two. Yeah. Uh, hey, I don't think he's done anything else since no, then, has he? I think no. Teen Wolf Two is pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but a bit of an unknown. Yeah. He had to write it to get into it, so um, I can strongly recommend it, though. It's good. Yeah, nice. How about your non-beer? Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, something from a friend of ours. I haven't actually seen it yet, so uh, it might be shit. But I've seen his first film, which is a, a documentary about cycling. It's also a documentary about cycling. It's called All for One. It's at the Melbourne International Film Festival at the moment. I think it's getting a wide release, he was saying. Uh, I think around like 40 cinemas. Uh, and it's a documentary about the Orica Green Edge team. So basically after he did this first cycling documentary, they got him on board to edit all the footage they had yeah, filmed right. since the start okay. of the Orica Green Edge. Uh, his name's Marcus Kobeldick and yeah, he's a talented, really lovely dude. And his first movie, I think I cried during it. Oh, right. Uh, it was like really well told story, really passionately told. And I've seen the preview for this. We're going to go see it tomorrow. And I'm really excited to see it. And I don't, I, I like watching the Tour de France, and that's about my level of cycling. Um, but check it out if you like cycling and you like Australian stories and yeah, sports. It's, it looks like a great sports documentary. Good one. And if it's got wide release, you might see it around in the ground. Yeah, potentially. yeah. The Cinnamon Over. There you go. Good Melbourne. fun. They, um, they were there, or they've got the footage of when they drove the team bus. Did you remember that when they drove the team bus under the finish line? So it's Oregon Greenwich's yeah. first tour, their first tour to France, and their tour bus was too high for the finish line, and they just drove it right under and like got it stuck right at the end of the race. And like I think bikes were finishing, and it was just chaos. And they were like, "We're going to get kicked out of the race." And like, yeah, it was. So they've got all that stuff what on. What a like, fun moment! They've got the inside look at all that stuff. So looks like a lot of fun. Good one. Good wreck. So, where do we find you? Uh, at Out of a Time Everywhere. And also for my uh, conspiracy podcast, the Hypothetical Institute. Look that up on iTunes or at Hypothopod on Twitter. Very good. Uh, at Mel Day for Instagram and Twitter for myself. Get in touch with us on Facebook. Look up Ale of a Time or go to facebook.com forward slash Ale of a Time. Give us a couple of dollars a month. Here at patreon.com yeah. forward slash ale of a time. Sling us a buck. I mean, it'll help us out. You'll get some, you get a fun newsletter. It's actually, I feel like I'm biased because it's ours, but it is yep. the best newsletter. Yeah, okay. That's, that's it's fair. It's the best newsletter. So the Crafty Pint newsletter today, they got a link wrong. We never get links wrong. Never. Uh, Possibly. <laughs> I mean, you never know. But if you're looking at percentages, yeah, ale of a time. <laughs> Uh, I think our first inv- investment is going to be some mic stands. Yes, uh, with our that Patreon will money. help every show. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for more improvements like that with your money. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Dave. See ya.